Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. Hey guys, welcome to Cornerstone Church. My name is Mike Jones, and I'm the lead pastor here. I just uh, want to welcome you and thank you for taking a few moments uh, to listen uh, to my sermon online. I sure miss meeting with all of you uh, in person, uh, and I look forward to when we can do that again. Uh, We are here at the beginning of a new series that I've titled Adjusting Our Focus, and we're moving through the book of Ephesians, and I I think that that title uh, is fitting uh, given what Paul is writing uh, to the to the Ephesians about, and so I hope uh, through this sermon today to provide you with a bit of an overview uh, and help you see how that that theme of adjusting our focus fits in to the individual sections uh, and Paul's overall reason for writing. So, as I think about uh, Paul's letter uh, to the Ephesians, uh, spirit, Christian maturity is what comes to mind. And perhaps nothing better describes Christian maturity than the ability to shift one's focus from the physical to the spiritual and back again in real time to, to recognize in our situations what is a physical component and what is a spiritual component. So often we, we come at the spiritual components of our lives with physical techniques or tools. And, and because of that, we don't see uh, the results that we're hoping for, or our relationships don't reach their, their full potential because we're, we're applying the wrong tools or the wrong approach, right? And, and so um, to recognize and address the physical and spiritual components in our lives is a skill that, that few have, have developed. And so I, this series is meant to help you help us develop those skills. Uh, what I mean is that since we're so firmly anchored in the physical reality of our existence, we, we fail to understand, we fail to see the underlying spiritual reality that is also always present and occurring in the background of our lives. It's, it's kind of like when we focus on a book or, or when we're reading something on our phones, it's something, anything that uh, we're focusing on close up. When we focus on something close up, the background, the things that are farther away and in the background of our vision tend to fade away. They tend to blur out. We become less aware of them. And yet they are still there. They are still occurring and still active in our, in our peripheral vision. And so what I'm trying to accomplish uh, through this series is the same thing that Paul was trying to accomplish in his letter to the Ephesians. And that is to call us uh, uh, to look up from what is right in front of us in the physical and adjust our focus and begin to look at the things that are going on in the spiritual realm. And when we do that, we are going to begin seeing some people and people groups differently. And this is exactly what Paul was doing in his letter to the Ephesians. We, we have to understand uh, when, when at the outset, the context that in which Paul was writing, Paul himself was, was sitting in prison when he wrote this letter. And, and so talk about adjusting the, his focus. I mean, he could have been really down and really discouraged by the fact that he wasn't out 
planning churches or encouraging Christians or doing what he might naturally consider to be his calling or his ministry, right? He's sitting in prison. He's chained to a guard. He's awaiting trial uh, before Caesar. And, you know, naturally, in the physical, it would have been easy for him to just focus on that set of circumstances and become very discouraged. And yet, in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that that persecution, he turns his, his attention back to the spiritual realm. And in the process he's of, of writing to the Ephesians, he's asking them to do the same because the, the Ephesians the congregations that were in and around Ephesus, those people were facing persecution from the the cult of Artemis. Ephesus was the center of of a cult that worshipped the god Artemis. I think she's also called Diana. And it was a a center of of trade uh, as a result of of the cult being present there. In fact, the the temple of Artemis uh, in Ephesus was at that time the world's largest bank. And so it had a very, it was a very lucrative uh, endeavor, if you will. And, and so as Paul had spent time in the past ministering there and planting that church, I think Acts 19 and uh, Acts 20 tell us that he spent three years there encouraging Christians and planting the church. It's, and, and so many people turned to the Lord that they that they uh, they burned their their witchcraft books, their sorcery books. They they uh, uh, stopped participating. Uh, in the 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 cult, and, and this had a humongous financial impact, and it, it actually caused a riot there. We read about that in Acts twenty, and so the Christians in Ephesus were facing an intense persecution at that time, and I imagine they were also uh, facing some pretty strong temptation uh, in the midst of that crisis because. I, these people grew up in and around the, the, this cult and the, this idolatrous uh, lifestyle, which, quite frankly, was, was involved some pretty erotic worship uh, practices. And and so I'm sure that if they were a, a person who was saved and living in a family with a with some people who were still idolaters, you know, I'm sure that they they faced some temptation to want to go back into that lifestyle because a Christian's lifestyle. Uh, was markedly different than what the uh, idolaters, uh, how they were living. And so I'm, I'm sure at this time, these Christians in Ephesus were facing some intense persecution. They were facing some uh, some strong temptation. Uh, they were in cr- a, a moment of crisis. And so they too, like Paul, could have been focused on the physical circumstances and and. and in that moment, they would have forgotten uh, what God was like and and who God is and God's plan and purpose for their lives and and all about the changes that that God had made in their lives and so forth. And so Paul is writing to remind them of these things and and to tell them, hey, join me in adjusting our uh, your focus. Adjust. We need to adjust our focus in these moments of crisis when we're facing these these conflicts or or the strong temptation. We need to adjust our focus from the physical, from what's right in front of us right now, and into the spiritual realm. And by doing so, we will gain the strength we need to get through this time and to uh, help our relationships realize their full potential. And so that's exactly what I want to do over the course of the next several weeks as we move through the book of Ephesians. I want us to adjust our focus. We are as a as a community, as a state, as a nation in a moment of crisis as people have 
have uh, uh, become sick with this coronavirus, as, as congregations ha- have postponed their services, uh, as people are unable to go to work, and it's having a financial impact on their lives, as people are sick and family members perhaps are in the hospital or have already passed away as a result of this virus. It is so easy for us to get so focused on the crisis at hand that we forget the spiritual reality that is continually uh, occurring in the background. And, And I believe that God is, is calling us to adjust our focus from the physical, from what's in front of us right now, and to begin to look into the spiritual realms to see what uh, he's accomplishing. And, and uh, so I'm going to walk you through uh, the book of Ephesians today just for a few minutes and, and show you some of the things that God wants us to uh, adjust our focus and begin to look at and reconsider uh, during this moment of crisis. So if you have an out, uh, the outline from the uh, Cornerstone Church app. I put an outline there in the sermon note section. I also attached a, a PDF in the the uh, resource section online if you're listening uh, from the website. And so be sure to, to follow along uh, with me there. And and so we're going to move through and I, and I want you to see primarily my goal today is I just want you to see where am I getting this, this idea of adjusting our focus. And then how does this apply to our lives right now? I've already kind of started to allude to that, but I'm going to come back to it at the end before we pray. So let me just give you a brief overview of Paul's letter to the Ephesians and how he's calling them to adjust their focus. There are uh, five sections. The, the, the bookends are very brief and they're, uh, the, he starts with a greeting and he ends with some goodbyes. Okay. Paul does that in, 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 I believe almost every letter that he he wrote to the churches, and he does that in in his letter to the Ephesians. There's there's a brief greeting at the beginning, and there's some goodbyes at the very end in chapter six. Now, in between the greetings and the goodbyes, there are three main sections. The first two are are quite long in comparison to the third section, which is just a few verses. But he starts by. Uh, calling their attention from the physical and into the spiritual. Remember where the Ephesians and Paul, for that matter, found themselves. They found themselves in some very difficult physical circumstances. And so he starts by directing their attention from the physical and into the spiritual. And in doing so, three people or groups come into focus. He starts by directing their attention to God. First and foremost, you know, when we get in a moment of crisis and and literally people are sick and dying all around us, or we're facing intense persecution, or or we are uh, experiencing very strong temptation and people are calling us to participate in these these, uh, uh, destructive idolatrous practices, um, it is very easy to forget who God is and what he is like. And so the very first thing Paul does is he calls uh, the Ephesians' attention and our attention to God, who God is and what he is like and in and, and his plan and his purpose for our lives. And that's what Paul does in, in chapter 1. In my next sermon, I'll, I'll begin to get into that in a little bit more detail. The second thing Paul does is he calls 
uh, their attention. He asks them to adjust their focus uh, onto themselves and, and who they are in Christ. You know, when we get in a moment of crisis, it's easy to forget all that God has accomplished in our lives, all of the changes that God has made. I mean, even now, could just take a moment and think about who you were and what you were like before you came to faith in Christ and how you have changed over time to where you are right now. I mean, think about that. And God's grace and his love and the work that the Spirit has done in your life, if it's anything like mine, it is, it's tremendous, the changes that God has made. And so it's easy to forget those things when we get in crisis. And Paul's saying, listen, adjust your focus from what's right in front of you right now. And and not only remember who God really is and what he wants to do, but also remember who you are in Christ and all the changes God has made. In the third chapter, Paul asks the Ephesians to adjust their focus uh, from themselves and onto all other people, both Jews and Gentiles. And he begins to lay out what he calls God's mysterious plan to unite all people under one banner, and that is faith in Christ. There's no longer Jew or Gentile. The the things that distinguish us and make us different in the physical realm, the things that are so easy to focus on, the, the culture, the customs, the coloring of our skin. Paul says, hey, none of that matters anymore. It's all about faith in Christ. And so he says, adjust He tells the Ephesians to adjust their focus, and he's telling us today, adjust your focus away from the, what makes you physically different, what makes us physically different from those around us in how, and realize that in the spirit, we are united because of our faith in Christ. And so he does this in this first big section, chapters one, two, and three, where he's calling their attention from the physical and up into the spiritual, into the heavenly realms is how he words it. Now in the second section, which begins in chapter four and continues through chapter six, verse 9, Paul redirects their attention from the heavenly realms, from the spiritual, and back into their physical realm. And he's wanting them to see three uh, groups or people differently. He wants them to see the their congregation and the church in general differently. He wants them to see the individual Christian life differently, and he wants them to see their critical relationships differently. And so he begins uh, by moving through uh, the, the with the with the congregation with the church at large. You know, it's easy in a moment of crisis for congregations to disintegrate or to splinter or to begin bickering with with other congregations. Uh, It's only natural when congregations cannot meet as they normally do for them to tend to fall apart. And Paul is saying, hey, listen, in this moment of crisis, in this, when you're facing persecution or conflict or or intense uh, uh, temptation, now is the time more than ever before when the congregation needs to unite around the things that that they have in common rather than the things that make them different. Right now, all across America, congregations are meeting online. And and I so appreciate what our our denomination is doing as our superintendent, Gene Roncone, is calling all the churches in Utah and Colorado to gather periodically for times of prayer. 
And I, I think this is a wonderful idea because it combats the natural tendency for, for congregations to, to, to fall apart. Right now is the time when we need to unite, especially unite in prayer. And not only with congregations from our denominations, but congregations that, uh, that, that unite around the essentials of Christianity. Paul lays those out in Ephesians chapter 4. If you look in there, Paul says, hey, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with, with peace. For there is one body, one Spirit, just as you've been called, the one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. Right now, guys, it doesn't matter if we're assemblies of God, if we're non-denominational, if we're Baptists, if we're Reformed. It doesn't matter what uh, denominational title we have associated with our with our congregation. What matters is that we are part of one body. In God's eyes, there is only one body of Christ. There is one church. And if there was ever a time for Christians to realize that and actually act on it, it would be right now, in a moment of crisis, as we face this, this coronavirus and all that that means in our society, right now is the time when congr- Christian congregations need to unite around the essentials, right? Put aside their, their theological differences of, of, you know, all sorts of things and unite around the essentials of Christianity. And that's exactly what Paul is, is telling the Ephesians. And I believe if he were here today, he would tell us that same thing. And so he, uh, continues on from the, 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 uh, Christian congregation at large, he begins to speak uh, to the individual Christian in chapter 4, verses 18, verse 18 through chapter 5, verse 20. And he starts talking, I think, primarily to those who are facing strong temptation at the time. I mean, it's, uh, think of where the Ephesians were and, and, and that probably many of them were living in families that, that were mixed. They, they were a believer, but they lived with unbelievers, maybe husbands and wives. Maybe the husband got saved, but the wife was still going to the, the temple of Artemis, or maybe the children were still going, or vice versa. Maybe the parents were still going, but the children were were saved and, and, and were following Christ. So think about if, you've, if you are listening right now and you're a believer and you live with a spouse or with children or uh, who, who are unbelievers, you know how difficult it is to maintain your Christian lifestyle in that midst because the the things that they do and the things that you do, it just doesn't gel, right? You're coming from a different worldview. You're coming from a different place uh, and and you're thinking and you're acting and you're talking differently. And it's hard to maintain that, especially when you're around their uh, sinful or worldly lifestyle, right? And, And that's exactly where the Ephesians were. And I think that in a moment of crisis like the Ephesians were facing, it's only natural for believers to begin to revert back to their former way of life. And Paul is saying, hey, listen, I want you to understand that those those uh, those Gentiles, those other people, those idolaters, those people around you, their minds are hopelessly confused. Their minds are darkened and they're participating in things they ought not to be participating in, things that are destroying their life. And listen, you 
have not learned that same lifestyle from Christ. And so he tells them, walk as children of light. Let the Holy Spirit renew your mind. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, he says, and fulfill the will of God. And so I say that same thing to you today. If you are facing strong temptation and you're like, oh, I just don't want to fight the good fight anymore. Hey, Take heed to Paul's words and adjust your focus and and continue to let the Holy Spirit renew your mind. Continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day and fulfill the will of God for your life. And so Paul, he he talks about that in in chapter four and in a big part of chapter five before coming to uh, three critical relationships. Remember, he's calling them to adjust their focus amid it's a, a, a time of crisis, and, and, and he's asking us, I believe, to do the same thing. You know, it's only natural when we get in a moment of crisis or we're facing uh, intense persecution or conflict or strong temptation, it's easy to focus on what is it right in front of us right now and to stop investing in our most important, our, our critical relationships is what I call them, our essential relationships. Uh, and those include the marriage relationship. Those include our uh, familiar relationships like parents and children. And those also include our work relationships, the relationships between employers and employees. You know, those, all those critical relationships get strained in a crisis. And I'm imagining right now that you, along with a whole bunch of other people, are feeling that strain as you have to self-isolate. Either you are uh, lonely and you're just not around them like you would like to be, or you are around them too much right? I, I know some people are going crazy because they can only be around their their spouse or their children or their parents or, you know, that nature. And, and very few of us are actually working normally. And so even our work relationships are strained as we're trying to uh, co- communicate with our boss or trying to communicate with our direct reports and those that we're responsible for. And so all of this causes us to just focus on the problem and not direct our attention into the spiritual realm. Now, I want to pause right there and just clarify something really quick. And I, I love how Paul interjects this into his letter to the Ephesians because we tend to think of spirituality as being like walking on water or multiplying bread and fish and, and all these miracles things, right? But spirituality in in essence is relational. It's, it's, I mean, think about Jesus uh, and what he defined as the greatest commandment. He said to love God and to love other people. This was uh, the focus of everything he did, everything Jesus taught, uh, everything he, miracle even, that he performed was to help us love God and to love one another more. It was, spirituality is relational. It is a relationship with God who is himself a spirit. Remember, Jesus said to worship God, you must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so to relate to God properly, to relate to other people properly, whether it be in your marriage or in your family with parents or children, or even at work, is that is a very critical relationship. There is a spiritual component to those relationships. And when we get in a conflict or we get in a crisis like we are right now, it's natural to just focus on the person in front of us or to focus on the physical aspects. But what Paul is saying is, hey, hey, 
there is a spiritual component to those relationships that needs to be addressed. That's the real root of whatever conflict or problem you're experiencing. And until you address that you're not going to see any gains. Your relationships are not going to become more productive or more enjoyable until you address the spiritual component of those essential, critical relationships. I hope I'm making sense. And when we get to that section, I'm going to take uh, some time to talk in depth about each of those relationships. And, and so I hope you will take time to listen to those. And so this is where Paul is doing. He's, he's asking them, hey, adjust your focus from what's right in front of you. Look into the spiritual realm, whether it be at God, at yourself, at other people, whether it be the, the church at large or the individual Christian life or your critical relationships. This is what he's doing, okay? And now here at the end, Paul says, hey, there's one last thing I I want you to adjust your focus uh, uh, in. And, And that has to do with your enemies and those who are right in front of you right now. Remember where the Ephesians are at. Remember where Paul is at. Paul is in prison, right? Chained to a Roman guard who essentially is an enemy of his, right? He, and where the Ephesians were, they're facing persecution from the cult of Artemis. They're facing temptation from maybe from family members who are still part of that cult. And, and so he, Paul is saying, listen, those people around you, that Roman guard, Caesar, uh, uh, the, 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 the cult, the, the, these people are not your real enemies. He's saying your real enemies are real enemies are the the spiritual rulers of the dark unseen world. These are the the beings that are inspiring and motivating the visible world. And he says, listen, if you try to simply uh, fight these battles in the physical, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. And so that's why he says, hey, take up the full armor of God. Take up the sword of the spirit. Take up prayer and, and, and fight these spiritual battles. And then you will actually see improvement in your relationships and in your circumstances. And so I say to you today the very same thing. Listen, we're in a crisis right? We are in a crisis and we can get focused on, on the stats. We can get focused on the sickness. We can get focused on the lack of financial income or whatever else is, is going on right now in the physical. And yet Paul is saying, and I believe God is saying through Paul's letter to the Ephesians, to us modern day Christians right now, adjust your focus away from what is occurring right now in the physical realm and into the spiritual. What is God really trying to accomplish in the church at large, in the world at large, uh, and in your life, in your family, in your workplace? What is God wanting to accomplish in your life, in your world right now? That is something that every single one of us really need to be uh, taking some time to consider. And, and I believe as we do take time, God is going to be uh, uh, revealing some things to us. Perhaps he's going to be speaking to us about our priorities and about where we've been investing our time, our money, our energy, right? The things that we involve ourselves in. If there was ever a time to, to reset our lives and establish a new normal, uh, establish some new uh, uh, productive habits, it is right now. 
It is right now while we have uh, uh, the freedom to, for the most part, uh, make our schedules because not very many of us are, are going to work like normal. Not very many of us are, are running around to sports. Not many of us are, are spending as much time watching sports, right, as we, as we normally do uh, or taking our kids here and there. Right now we are home. And in this time, this is a wonderful time for us to really make the most of every day and put our focus on the things that actually add value into our lives. And so today, as I end uh, this this overview, this this brief uh, opening sermon, I want to ask you, what are you focused on or what have you been focused on? And is it actually adding value into your life? Is it actually helping you in your walk with Christ? Is it actually helping you build a stronger relationship with God or, or with your spouse or with your children or your parents or your, uh, your, the people you, have at, you meet up with at work? Are the things that you were focusing on, are they helping you? Are they actually adding value into your life? Right? How is what you are focused on affecting what you think about God, yourself, and other people? What are you, uh, how are you focusing, excuse me, or uh, how is what you're focusing on affecting what you think about the church or the, your Christian life, right? Or your critical relationships or your enemies, right? Are, are you spending time in prayer, are you picking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Scriptures? Are you in the Bible? Are you reading Scriptures and meditating on them these days? Right? And are you persistent in prayer, as Paul was? Right? Not only praying for yourself, but praying for all other believers. And praying in the Spirit. Praying that this, this, uh, this virus passes and moves on and this, this season of life comes to an end. Ah, guys, this is a time for you, for me, for us to adjust our focus and put it back on those things and those people that that actually add value into our lives. And so with that, let me leave you there. Uh, I welcome emails. I welcome opportunities to chat with you about this. And I just thank you for taking a few minutes today to allow me to share with you what God's been revealing to me uh, in in this Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Let me close with prayer and then uh, feel free to reach out to me uh, through the week with any comments or thoughts, okay? Father, I just thank you so much for the the people of Cornerstone Church. I thank you for the people in Parker, for our community. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, just for the believers in this time, for the the congregations in Parker, uh, for the Christians in Parker to unite, Lord, to remember uh, uh, just uh, who you are and and the changes that you have made in our lives, God, and and your purpose and your plan for all people, and, and that that somehow through this time, Lord, you would just work in each one of our lives, that you would adjust our focus and put it on things that actually adds value into our lives. Help us to come out of this season stronger and better prepared for the next next several years of our lives, should you tarry. Lord God, that we would have uh, productive and enjoyable relationships, that we would look back at this time as a catalyst, a catalyst that that led to significant change in our lives. I pray for those that are that are facing crisis or facing 
conflict right now or facing strong temptation like Paul or the, in the Ephesians were at the time this letter was written. I pray that you would strengthen them and cause them to adjust their focus in, in the ways that, that Paul was suggesting. Just work in their hearts, work in their lives, help them to look up from what is happening right now in the physical and to see into the spiritual and from that gain new perspective, new strength to make it through and not only just make it through, but to come out stronger as a result. I thank you so much. I thank you for accomplishing that in their lives and in my life. And I pray your blessings over each one of us as we move through this day and through the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey guys, I love you. Feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Have a great day. We thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.